Hi, I'm Abby Deblack with the MacGyver Institute, and this is the MacGyver Newsmakers Podcast. Today we are joined by Alyssa Paolo of the Germantown School District and Scarlett Johnson of the Mequon-Thienesville School District to talk about their experiences fighting CRT in their respective districts. Well, thank you both for joining me. Uh, I think since we're talking about critical race theory, we should just start with what made you both take an interest in CRT? You know, what made you start realizing that there was an issue in your school districts? So in the spring, when people were running for election for school board, I had reached out to the individual people to ask what was their stance on this. Um, most of the people running told me they opposed CRT. But when I asked follow-up questions as to, is it being taught? If so, what classes? How long has it been taught? That was when the details got really vague. Mm -hmm. So that raised red flags that these school board members really don't seem to know what's going on. Um, So then I started to pay more attention. And what really escalated things in our district is one of the departing school board members in April proposed a motion at her last board meeting to put a ban on CRT. And the motion passed unanimously by the board members, which was great. Then what happened in the next two weeks was a group of parents got very upset. They felt that this was not in the best interest for the school. They you know, were doing all the labeling and the name calling. So then at the follow-up school board meeting on April 26th, they took a lot of time. There was about two and a half hours of public comment and just mapping out all these examples of what they feel have been injustices towards their um, students within the school and the board decided to rescind the ban on critical race theory pending more self-education on the topic. And since then, we have continued to have school board meetings every two weeks. Me and a group of parents still show up every time we get our names on to do the citizen comments, and we are just continuing to make this a speaking point. Um, At the last school board meeting, they did pass several motions that were not a ban on CRT, but to limit it to the two classes where it's being taught in the you know the identified curriculum there are two high school classes but there's a lot more work that needs to be done on this issue mm-hmm. so um so our parent group formed in um august 2020 pretty spontaneously after um matthew joint who's our superintendent in mequon thienesville and uh, the school board um decided on august 17th to not open the schools and we were all given the impression that schools were going to be open there was going to be mitigation and whatnot and there was such an outcry that we just kind of I don't it's a whirlwind how it happened but through Facebook it's you know decided someone put a Facebook message out hey let's all meet somewhere and it turned to be 90 parents and that's where um, in southeastern Wisconsin, we were one of the first groups to like protest, and we were protesting to open the schools. And our school did eventually open with a lot of pressure from our peer group and uh, less stakeholder involvement. And we decided, hey, let's keep this going and start a Facebook page. And it just it kept growing, and we started to just sort of look at our 
school board differently because of the series of events that happened that got us to the place where the schools shut down and they weren't listening. Um, and as we started to compare notes as parents, like, have you noticed this? Have you noticed that? Um, a lot of different issues started to arise. And so we stuck together. And then um, for myself, I had noticed in June of 2020 that there was something off, but I kind of didn't know if anyone else had noticed this because there was um, a district-wide talk. It was called the Talk, A Necessary Conversation About Privilege and Race with Our Children. And it, that was with Alicia Motri and Kuiku Ramel Smith. And um, this talk had, had come out in um, June and I actually didn't even um, listen to it. I, I had the recording sent to me because I was out of town. And um, so when I got the recording after coming back, I listened to it and, you know, it was my, it was like hair on fire, like what's going on? And, but the, uh, this was predated our sort of parent group. So um, I had been listening to Joe Rogan a lot because it was, it was COVID, so listening to podcasts. And then I discovered like Jordan Peterson and Brett Weinstein and um, Douglas Murray. And then this guy, James Lindsay, who was talking about critical race theory. And I was like, that's really interesting. And with my background in political science um, and kind of uh, focused on constitutional law and so I understood a lot of these terms and I had read a lot of the philosophers I understood postmodernism and um, I started to put together um, from this talk with blacksmith that gee this sounds almost the, the language is the same but could we have something like this in our district that you know I, I just can't believe it and then um, as our parent then for our parent group is together and I start talking with them about this like have you noticed this a lot of them didn't even uh, attend the, this this talk and um, so we all listened to it again and then we we got concerned um, and but we didn't really even put it all together until Chris Rufo started to talk more about what was going on in schools then we were more concerned, but a lot of parents, you know, it, it's hard to talk about these issues. So we, we started to just ask a lot of questions of our, of our superintendent, ask a lot of questions of our school board, and we weren't getting answers. And um, we really didn't know too much about the open records process yet. But, um, you know, we just started to ask, well, let's ask about, um, what's, you know, the curriculum and decline and those issues. And um, as we started to get some results from those questions, then we we grew more and more concerned about what was going on in our district. Yeah, and I think you both kind of touched on, you know, the school administration and school board. How is the How has this process been working with school administrators, superintendents, teachers? You know, have you had a lot of negative feedback? Have you found teachers or staff that have been willing to cooperate a little bit more? So I can say in the Germantown School District where I live, I think my biggest concern right now is our director of education um, because a lot, 
both the superintendent and the board rely on her Mm -hmm. to kind of funnel through everything. And what's kind of got brought to light a few months ago was back on March 12th, she held a district-wide teacher in-service that focused on cultural, culturally responsive frameworks. The staff was encouraged to read the book, Me and White Supremacy. And then the discussion guide for the in-service referenced work from Peggy McIntosh and Robin D'Angelo. Um, this same director of education attempted to hire the Ubuntu Research and Evaluation Group to conduct this in-service and help facilitate some of the discussion but it was actually denied by the superintendent because of the cost. Um, But the initial planning for that in-service based on the emails I got in my open records request started in September of 2020, and this in-service was in March of 2021. So easily like six months that they were planning based on the records I could get. Other things from the emails from our director of education, she stated that the workshops were designated to, number one, identify and learn about the multiple identities and how they intersect, which is clearly from Kimberly Crenshaw's intersectionality theory. Um, Number two, become aware of who may be left out of the advocacy work in schools. And then number three, challenge barriers and create solutions using an intersectional framework, which again ties back into Kimberly Crenshaw, who's kind of like the godmother Mm -hmm. of critical race theory. Mm -hmm. Um, Other things that we found in the emails was one link in the email directed teachers to socialjusticebooks.org and encourage the teachers to review the books, find ways to incorporate them into their classroom. Um, And then another email from some staff from June of 2020 was circulating the book stamped from the beginning, which was written by Ibram X. Kendi. Mm -hmm. Then we had one of our principals at an elementary school. He held multiple teacher in-services and we were able to get those PowerPoints. And the titles of the PowerPoints were Gender and Privilege, Disability and Privilege, Privilege and Legal Structures, Identity and Personality, Socioeconomic Status and Privilege, Culturally Responsive Classrooms, and Privilege, Intersectionality, and Positionality. So all of this feels like while we haven't found a lot in the classroom, if this is what the focus is of the teacher in services, right. both at the district level and at the individual school level, mm-hmm. you have to assume that this is finding ways that it's trickling into yeah. the curriculum for the younger kids. We've been met with some resistance. When we file our open records requests, there's usually one or two emails back and forth with the superintendent that we're being too vague or we're casting too wide of a net. Mm -hmm. And so being detailed and giving specific windows of time Mm -hmm. has been helpful. It also comes down to a semantics game. Mm -hmm. The last open records request I submitted, he's like, well, this doesn't make sense or that doesn't make sense. And I know he understands Mm -hmm. what I'm asking for. So I responded and added more clarification. Um, but it's really the superintendent that for our district we have to work through to gain access to that stuff. 
It's also worrisome that when we were trying to get the teacher in-service material for this elementary school, neither him or the director of ed said that they had seen it, that it was the principal who had prepared it, who had facilitated it, and they had no idea. Mm -hmm. What made this really troublesome is this principal also left the district. So the parents were directed to reach out to this principal, who you can't find because he no longer works for the district, to track down that in-service material. That just seems blatantly unresponsible at the superintendent and director of ed level. You should know absolutely 100% Mm -hmm. what information is being presented at these Mm in-services because your district money is Mm -hmm. going to facilitate these things. Right. Yeah. The company is called Blacksmith, and we did an open records request, and we found out that um, our district they, there was a uh, had paid forty two thousand dollars for their consulting fees. Wow. Yeah, and we um, kept writing and calling and and expressing how much you know we uh, didn't we wanted to focus on excellence. And what did equity mean? Because there was an obsession with equity. And I, I had a good idea what it meant, but I think a lot of parents um, didn't. And um, I learned a lot more as well. But so we wanted, to, again, why are, let's focus on STEM. Let's focus on a quality education. We're not quite sure what, what do you mean by equity? and. And in response, in January, we had another talk, you know, and um, our equity non-negotiables were restated. And um, in, so there's in some screenshots, um, they quote Ibram X. Kendi. Um, they t- told parents, Mequon Thienesville, that we should try to be an anti-racist. Um, he gave us as, uh, if books that we should, to help us to better understand were Pedagogy of the Oppressed, which was like his favorite book and highly recommended, and White Fragility. And I was just really shocked at how how blatant this was. Like there, it was, this talk was almost like a coming out for our district that yeah, we we are embracing the tenets of critical race theory, mm-hmm. we're just not going to call it critical race theory. Right. We're going to call it um, equity. We're going to call it culturally responsive teaching. We're going to call it social emotional learning. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we won't say the actual words, you know, critical race theory. And um, so then I found my superintendent's dissertation. And his dissertation, um, on his dissertation committee is. Um, Dr. Elise Frittura, and Elise Frittura wrote the book Leading for Social Justice, Transforming School for All Learners. She is the, um, her and Colleen Kaffer created ICS for Equity, which is the, in Wisconsin, pretty much the number one, when you're going, when a school's about to embark Mm -hmm. on the work, quote unquote, um, that's the go-to. Right. So they were hired in our district. I, I still don't know exactly when, but de- around uh, definitely by 2016. And 
now that I go through um, and through open records requests we have a lot of their materials and it's really shocking what's in those materials and you can see the evidence of um, Fratura's vision of uh, schools that focus on social justice and her reliance on her, her, her program are right here, Critical Race Theory, the Foundations of Critical Race Theory in Education with Ladson Billings. And um, so he, you know, um, he writes, you know, um, on school boards, on school board members represented, representing public school districts in southeastern Wisconsin um, that are founding members of the Closing the Achievement Gap Consortium and have served on a board of education that adopted board policy specific to promoting equity in education. So he was part of this Closing the um, Achievement Gap Consortium, which are, were the first five schools to really start the work mm -hmm. in southeastern Wisconsin. All of this was done, this was started in 2015, so not this isn't on anyone's radar. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, nobody knows what's going on, but here's what I was in, I've lived in the district now for almost 11 years. Here's what I did know, I was noticing things were changing, and you couldn't quite put your finger on why, but um, the level of rigor in classes didn't seem to be quite as mm -hmm. high. Um, the classrooms were larger. There were more kids in the classroom. Um, the there was this focus on um, identity and race, and um, you could a twist for the kids in the upper level. Um, things were becoming more ideological. They were becoming more political. Teachers were becoming more political. Um, there was more more often I had to call and complain about certain things and um, you know but then you just kind of think well this will blow over maybe it's because of the election mm -hmm. that's you know and and things will get back to um, normal but um, Colleen Capper here's an abstract from 2015 um, because our uh, our superintendent in our school board maintained that absolutely critical race theory mm -hmm. no part in our education yet the program we follow and the superintendent who who you know basically puts in place the praxis mm -hmm. you can read what she says in you know her writings mm -hmm. when you know you know when they're when they're not talking uh, publicly if this is more more in line with the right. way that they they really right. think. And she, you know, her the title of it was the 20th year anniversary of critical race theory and education implications for leading to eliminate racism. And she writes uh, finding implications. Um, I describe each of the CRT tenants and explain how each can inform educational leadership practice. To close the article, I propose a CRT inventory for leading to eliminate racism. The inventory suggests questions to guide leadership practice for each of the CRT tenants. I offer implications for future research. She wrote the book. It 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 all ties together. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it all comes together. Then uh, you can see in in the dissertation. Here's another dissertation. It's Elise Fratura, 
um, Irby, and I will not be able to say that name correctly. Mm-hmm. So, but it's the same. It's the same um, it, from UWM, mm-hmm. UWM Milwaukee. Um, the same advisors that um, advised Matt Joint. Mm-hmm. Um, that the, these same names just keep showing up, and this article was called um, Different Make- Difference Makers, a multi-case study for the conditions under which superintendents build equitable learning environments. And this author, who is now a principal in New Berlin, who worked briefly 2012 for my district, mm-hmm. worked then worked for five years in Germantown. Okay. She writes that white students make up the majority of upper-level courses or tracks and that they had far fewer issues of access in the school system. And that demonstrates how whiteness in these districts yielded greater access to success and opportunity. Then she's quoting one of, she's quoting this book, Foundations Mm -hmm. in Critical Race Theory. Um, And then she talks about critique and how to build more uh, learning environments. But unlike, uh, I I think unlike with Germantown, the parent group is sort of, they're on the front lines and they're trying to kind of stop the infiltration of this theory into their district. Mm-hmm. Um, it, this, the groundwork has been laid, it's been implemented in my district. Mm-hmm. So when I'm trying to find instances of um, proof, mm-hmm. it's, it's, now it's embedded, right. so it's, it's a lot harder. And they're, you're not, go- and like right now they're, they're saying no, critical race theory, that's just, a theory in in legal education mm-hmm. and yeah critical race studies is mm-hmm. but these books tell you they they say it uh, that it has been adapted as of 1998 to wow. fit education yeah. it's been modified for 20 years as she said for 20 years they have mm-hmm. been rolling this theory into all social sciences and education is one of the crowning achievements Mm -hmm. and um so it's so but they know not all districts are going to be cheering you know this language and Mm -hmm. she writes in the moderate to conservative districts superintendents actions reflected the technical and data focused solutions to support students and staff more so than solutions requiring reflection on the influence of race and culture in learning. Um, and that in those districts, they had to confront teachers with apparent racial bias in their discipline practices, engaging them in reflection and supporting them to develop lessons that engaged all learners. To me, that that's a very nice way mm-hmm. to say you're kind of bullying. Right teachers yeah and um, so when we wonder why we can't get teachers to cooperate or to I would say cooperate why teachers aren't speaking out I don't Mm -hmm. you know um, which is something I've thought of often I think that there's a climate I think maybe some agree but I think there's just a climate where you don't want to lose your job Mm -hmm. Um, it details how in a conservative district you won't be able to use some of the language like what's going on in Middleton mm-hmm. would not fly right. in Germantown. Right. It won't fly in Macwanthiesville. Yeah. So what they should do is and what they have done 
is um, rather than describing actions to close gaps related to cultural or racial bias in the school system, leaders in these district um, explain their actions by um, as they related to data-driven processes. And that's what happens in our district. You know, mm -hmm. there's a lot of focus on the data and, um, and uh, you know, teaching all students, all students. And, and that all sounds, that all sounds great. So in, it says, in Hickory Hills, mm -hmm. Dr. Harris, the superintendent, um, stated that most of his work to address the needs of black students was done in, covert, in a covert manner, rephrasing conversations or renaming strategies to convey a message of cultural or racial responsiveness and avoid pushback from school board and other community members. Wow. So I... I it's it, it's a covert matter and mm -hmm. so that's why in my district that's why with Alyssa it's it can be difficult to find the like smoking gun yeah a long way of saying that right yeah no I and we found that too as we're doing our work at MacGyver administrators and staff school board members are really good at tucking it away because they know the words critical race theory are buzzword that you know parents are re waking up to now just kind of veering off a little bit, how how has your experience been with making open records requests? I know, Alyssa, you talked about that a little bit, and I think that's a really important part of this. I think, you know, we can do a lot of, you know, research, seeing what our kids are bringing home, things like that, but when you are able to do the open records requests and... I'll answer first because my answer is short. <laughs> um, we do not get a response. Okay, really? We, we um, and it is so bad that there are two lawsuits pending in my district wow. right now. And um, my district is spending tens of thousands of dollars in order to prevent giving open records wow. request information. They would rather um, stall and pay, use tax dollars to pay legal fees than to give us the information that we're requesting. And that should tell you something. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. So what I would recommend and what we've had some success with mm -hmm. is being detailed and you're better off to start small mm -hmm. and then do then follow like subsequent follow-up right for open records request um, if you have a group of parents and if there's one thing you want to get at divide up the work sure so like what we've done recently is a parent from each of the from each of the schools so the four elementary schools one middle school one high school mm -hmm. they have each submitted Requests to get all of the teacher in-service materials from those wow. schools mm -hmm. for the past academic year. Wow. So we're in the process of doing that right now. Giving the time frame that you want. Mm -hmm. So a request that I submitted just last week was, I want to trend the past five years mm -hmm. of certain benchmarks that the school uses to really help highlight that our proficiency in math, reading, ACT, other areas have been declining because yeah. that's been the trend across many schools. Right. So I want to be able to really put that in a detailed graphic. Mm -hmm. um, so being very specific with your time frames, asking for not just if it's curriculum material, you want the syllabus, you want to know the textbook, sure. you want all the PowerPoints, and then you want any supplemental material, whether that's a print, a podcast, a video, anything and everything, because mm -hmm. um, they will try to 
there's so much supplemental material that's yes. used. It's not kids coming home with one social right. studies textbook and anymore. You're, you're having an issue because they are saying that they are they are they saying they don't need to or they cannot provide um, your open records request because the materials were done by so yes so certain things if it's presented at a teacher in service mm -hmm. if they consult with an outside firm okay so say like if ubuntu uh -huh. would have come in and done that presentation yeah they will say that they cannot distribute that information okay. to you because that is the intellectual property right. of that business sure and that it would be violating like copyright material to mm -hmm. distribute that, which will be the case in some ways. But there's no way a school district is every in-service right. bringing in a third party right. to do some of this. Right. That'd be way too expensive. Yeah. But one thing that we're pushing for is part of the curriculum transparency is that all teacher in-service material must be reviewed ahead of time and approved yeah. by the board, okay. by the superintendent, and by the director of ed. And then we've proposed one step further to make teacher in-services live stream them. I mean, in the past year, so many schools have already gone to a hybrid approach yeah. of doing right. things virtually. They're, and they're almost, almost all virtual still. Mm -hmm. These in-services, right. I sat through one. Mm -hmm. it, 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 they're, they're virtual. Right. Yeah. So that way, parents are able to, now that parents need to be able to, like, speak into right. the in-service, but allow them just to view it, I mm -hmm. think it would help build a lot of trust mm -hmm. within the the district and with the teachers if the parents could see the material firsthand. Yeah. Another kind of snag that we ran into at the beginning was when we were trying to use certain buzzwords like microaggressions, white sure. supremacy, white fragility. Mm -hmm. The superintendent was saying this is way too broad. I can't scour all the different schools and class levels that this would have been potentially implemented in. So. Um, we did get pushed back that it was it was too big. It's gonna be too much paperwork. Mm -hmm. We have to talk with our legal team. So after some back and forth, we mm -hmm. we've tried to again break it down. Um, I will say we have a parent in the Slinger School District. Mm -hmm. He's probably the best success story that we know thus far. Mm -hmm. His school board and school administration have been really responsive, okay. mm -hmm. and he just this past week was able to get all the curriculum material for 16 classes, wow. which wow. is huge. Yeah. Um, so now he's going through the process of working through all of that stuff. I was on the phone last night with parents from the West Bend School District, mm -hmm. and they submitted a really big open records request, mm -hmm. but thus far it sounds like there's superintendent and the assistant superintendent have been pretty receptive that they okay. did a sit-down meeting with mm -hmm. this group of parents they haven't received the paperwork yet because it's only been two weeks into mm -hmm. the submission um and that too i would say our turnaround time in germantown has been roughly a month okay um so i think it's not realistic to think you're going to get stuff in a, yeah. one to two weeks right. um but i do encourage if you're at that two-week mark two-week mark and you haven't heard anything, just send a follow-up email so mm -hmm. that they know that you are staying on top of this, that you're holding them accountable, yeah. um, and that you're really putting some fire underneath them. Yeah. yeah and and there, you know, um, I 
all of our schools have transparency on their strategic mm -hmm. plans and on their website. Um, but there is anything but transparency. Mm -hmm. We get a 12 to 14 page PDF with a lot of graphics and one sentence and you're left to wonder, well, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. And when your, when, you know, your strategic plan, I mean, um, for example, with, with ours, advancing our vision, um, what does it mean when they say our guiding principle is that education must address every facet of a child's being? <laughs> Uh, no, it shouldn't. Right. I don't want the the MTSU school district yeah. to address every facet of my right. child's being. That's my job. Right. They are to provide a good education mm -hmm. and and some support services. I I this is a new one and and that that really is kind of shocking to me. Yeah. But you know our commitment to equity. Well, what does that mean? We embrace a culture of equity and inclusion and actively work to serve each student according to his or her needs. Good, you know. Um, but there's a lot of, you know, a, there's not a lot of de. It's really short on detail, mm -hmm. and so when we want those gaps to be filled in, and we can't, you know, I, I don't see why we're, we don't have access all the all of. Um, that whether it's 300 pages, 500 pages, just put it online and let us see what it is. As far mm -hmm. as curriculums, we should go, we should have standing committees yeah. where you have rotating um, stakeholders, parents are able to um, review curriculum, um, you know, have a period where everyone has a chance, has some feedback, have an extra school board meeting. Um, and work together on what is best and most appropriate. Sure. But um, a lot of this stuff is just done too much behind closed doors mm -hmm. and too influenced by the Wisconsin DPI, which is just woke. It yeah. is, it's going, I mean, the DPI website, it's, they are off the deep end. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I, I don't think there are many districts in Wisconsin that if they if if a stakeholder or parent uh, poured through DPI the way I have, they would just be shocked right. when I pull up you know their recommendations for science and even math, mm -hmm. and how there is so little emphasis on actual science and math and just total emphasis on social justice right. and the goal of education now is to make children activists mm -hmm. and this is just this is just not acceptable to the vast majority of Wisconsinites and um, in and if you want to know well what what harm does this focus do I can tell you because we have the numbers in our district we've had a 15% drop in early reading since 2016 wow. we have had um, an 18% drop in engagement and not, now it's going to be higher yet a 19% tax levy increase wow. Wow. Um, so I would love to tell you our ACT rate um, from 2016 to 2020 is a 15% drop however I, I can't tell you it's going to be more but I really can't tell you what that is because in our report our annual report the benchmark milestone for ACT benchmark mm -hmm. question they don't even know wow and wow. oh what's our success in advanced co coursework ninth to twelfth grade they don't know wow and this is unacceptable right. in our district right. and every 
every parent should be upset. And if this is going to happen in Mequon Themesville, mm-hmm. where we have engaged parents mm-hmm. and we we have just passed a $54 million referendum, yeah. this is going to happen everywhere. The results are in. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't work. Right. It just doesn't work. This this it, it is decline across the board. Mm-hmm. And the measurement of excess according to Elise Fratura when after several years of implementing her ICS plan, mm-hmm. um, as she, you know, um, eliminates or um, uh, eliminates special ed resources for kids with special needs mm-hmm. um, or her program. Mm-hmm. And then uh, basically makes AP programs, guts them. Right. You know, they're in name only. Mm-hmm. They're AP in name only. They dramatically increase the amount of students that get into these upper level courses. And then um, the success rate was there were less Fs. Wow. Fewer kids. Mm -hmm. They don't mention that teachers are basically not giving Fs. Right, right. The standards are changing. But a success isn't, well, fewer kids failed. Mm -hmm. Well, unfortunately, in MTSD, that didn't work because we've had a 120% increase in failure. Wow. Um, Wow. At least one class, and I think that's middle school and high school. Wow. Um, This is bad. Mm -hmm. This is really bad. And that is why... um, we there's a recall we're right. trying to recall four school board mm-hmm. members and um we are um i think 52 um districts in the country are okay. attempting the same thing wow. if we're successful this will be a huge moment this yeah. is david versus goliath right. here um yeah. we are everyone says we we wouldn't have a chance but um with with this level of decline and with kids unhappy and with education that looks more like indoctrination, mm-hmm. um, I just, just you know, I feel like we don't have a choice. We, right. we have to do something. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what's so, like you look at Mequon-Thinesville, mm-hmm. you're one of the most affluent school districts in the entire mm-hmm. state, but so many other kids in lower income school districts Mm -hmm. don't have the luxury of having parents who are dedicated and engaged and able to stay on top of this and those Mm -hmm. parents have to rely on putting their trust and faith in their schools that they are doing what is best for those students putting the students needs first and this is really you know the districts taking advantage Mm -hmm. of that trust that the families are giving them and it's just it feels so blatantly wrong and immoral that we are manipulating children mm-hmm. and dumbing down our yes. educational yeah. system in the name of equity. Right. Because what is going to come of this next generation of students mm-hmm. when they don't have the basic skills and knowledge to survive and thrive in right. society? Mm-hmm. And one thing I want to, because I don't want to forget it, um, mm-hmm. If you've never filed a FOIA, which is a Freedom of Information Act, Mm -hmm. um, Parents Defending Education has a really great template that you go in, you fill in the fields where they ask for information, Mm -hmm. then you pick your state, and then it will generate for you um, that FOIA request. Mm -hmm. And what's nice, because when you pick your state, it will pull in 
the exact legal jargon specific mm-hmm. to your state mm-hmm. so that when you send it to your your school board or your superintendent, mm-hmm. it's relevant to where you yeah. live. Um, so the, the website is defendinged.org. And it's a great way that if you have no idea how to fill out a FOIA, mm-hmm. go there. It will not cost you any money. Mm-hmm. You plug everything in, and then you can copy and paste it into an email or a Word document. Um, and uh, I wanted to point out something that I thought was sort of the money quote mm-hmm. in, in all of this. And it said, um, in this uh, dissertation, uh, just I thought a really important mm-hmm. point was made um, by a now principal in uh, New Berlin, mm-hmm. that preparation programs should focus on how superintendents might manage their board rather than being managed by their board in order to improve their ability to implement changes that are in the be- best interests of the student population. So it's right there. Mm-hmm. Their superintendents need to learn how to manage their board right. rather than be managed by their board. Mm-hmm. Board members are elected. Yeah. They are to elected by parents, by stakeholders mm-hmm. to represent us and to manage a superintendent. Mm-hmm. That is their role. Right. ICS for equity, mm-hmm. equity programs, the equity work, the culturally responsive teaching, whatever whatever phrase they decide mm-hmm. to call it today is meant to undermine stakeholders, yeah. undermine parents undermine board members Mm -hmm. and just do the work because it's in the best interest to make our kids into social justice warriors where you know there's no proof that it's working Mm -hmm. there's proof that it's not working Mm -hmm. but that doesn't matter lean into your discomfort and just keep going with the work and if this is just this is just um shocking to Mm me and um I just, I, I, we have to stand up. We, we, we cannot let this happen to our kids. And you know, uh, if people don't, I mean, I'm Hispanic. Mm-hmm. Um, I was born into poverty. My parents, my mother was 14 when she had me. My parents were young. Um, I know firsthand how. Um, education can save a person's mm-hmm. life what Alyssa said before is is the truth we um, I have the ability to really um, fight for my kids and I'm going to um, there there are parents that are just trapped mm-hmm. in in so much worse than what we're experiencing um, they are trapped in districts that, that there's very little hope of things changing mm-hmm. unless they're able to get into a charter school or school of choice program. And um, without the education opportunities that I had and the parents that I had, um, which I was never allowed to think of myself as a victim, mm-hmm. and um, who did everything they could to give me an education and um, in the end took second jobs as janitors and waitresses just to put me in a private school mm-hmm. so that I didn't have to stay in an MPS school. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'm forever grateful for that because um, I was able to go to college and um, educate myself and to um, crawl, you know, mm-hmm. climb, crawl out of poverty mm-hmm. and, and 
um, have a better life and have more opportunity. And we must give those opportunities to kids that um, are marginalized mm -hmm. and that are in poverty. And um, the obsession with race and what the way critical race theory teaches race and to tell white kids that they are oppressors mm -hmm. and that brown and black kids that they are victims and oppressed and forever in that role is so psychologically damaging. I can't, as a person of color, I cannot emphasize how, how limiting that is. Mm -hmm. It takes away my agency. It takes away my pride. It takes away the ownership over my own life and it cripples me forever. Mm -hmm. You can't do this to kids. We need to teach kids to be resilient. Right. We need to teach kids to um, to care about each other and not to look at each other mm -hmm. uh, by you know at our skin color, but to just like Martin Luther King, Dr. King had mm -hmm. said, the content of our character. Mm -hmm. We we have to go back and embrace those values. Um, Martin Luther King made his message was. Um, the Constitution, liberalism, the Republic—we uh, we made a promise, mm -hmm. and he was demanding keep your promise. Mm -hmm. You know, equality, and um, he used the the language of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence mm -hmm. properly to say, "We, you need to keep your promise, America." That was the right way to go. Mm -hmm. um, to veer from that path into the only cure for racism is more racism mm -hmm. is uh, wrong we're being asked to take one um you know hierarchical system that we apparently live in and just trade it for another one right. in which we just flip mm -hmm. where now there's a different oppressor and mm -hmm. a different oppressed mm -hmm. that's that's wrong it's, right. it's just wrong i'm sorry yeah one kind of a a warning I guess I would give to each school district is look at the different student bodies that mm -hmm. are within the school district mm -hmm. um, one in particular for Germantown it's called ACE which is the Advo Advocacy Council for Equity mm -hmm. they were founded in March and they have completely taken a very strong hold with a group of parents mm -hmm. and they are going for blood they seem to be dictating a lot of stuff to the board and to the superintendent it's not clear yet what they are following through on of those recommendations but um the group was meant to be modeled after a another parent advisory group mm -hmm. for parents of children with special needs okay. to give input to the board of what those children are struggling with in the schools mm -hmm. and how the school can better serve them so that was the intention this this group has grown they have gathered in more community members some teachers one person from the board does sit on it as, as part of their duty um, but they have just quite a lengthy kind of list of demands mm -hmm. of what they want to see done for the district wow. and some of it just is not feasible mm -hmm. but what was kind of their most recent trick was at the board meeting on June 21st 
they decided to publicly intimidate myself, other board members, and other parents by finding out where we work and reading the diversity, equity, and inclusion statements from nine of our different employers. Mm -hmm. And they blatantly said that our employment is under the condition that we should follow the DEI statements of our employers. They stated that the board is violating the ACE Committee's civil rights and that they threatened the board will be held accountable for violating these rights. I think it's one thing to discuss these curriculum issues, Mm -hmm. but when you are willing to publicly attack and intimidate someone by going after their job, Mm -hmm. to me that is just a line that should not be crossed. Um, And I think it just is really a sign of how far these parents Mm -hmm. some of these parents are willing to go because they are so hell-bent on this is the only means and we will use any means necessary to get this and so I think luckily this group for Germantown has only been in place for March but in Mm -hmm. other districts they probably have similar groups that have been established for longer Mm -hmm. so I think it's really important for parents to be aware of what different community groups exist what their connection is to the district. We've been pushing really hard to ask, we wanna know when the ACE committee is meeting. We wanna see the minutes from the meeting, what recommendations they are giving to the board. And we have gotten no information from our superintendent about this group. He's like, they don't meet in person, they meet virtually. Well, how do we get on that Mm -hmm. virtual Zoom invite? We have met a lot of resistance that way. Um, and I, I don't know how much, it's kind of hard with it being summer right now, right. Um, but given the, the shenanigans that they pulled at the last school board meeting, I mean, now they're going to be even more upset because the school did make a motion in our favor mm-hmm. to limit the teaching to, um, of critical race theory to just those two mm-hmm. high school classes for now. Um, but I think parents need to just be really aware. And to to kind of what she, what to go off what Alyssa has said, um, I've been attacked online, um, kind of, you know, um, what was, uh, uh, Scarlett Johnson is a liar, don't be like Scarlett Johnson. No. Um, but, you know, posted, um, I've, I've had some emails that I know where you live, um, and it's it's fine. I you know it's it's I've been more outspoken and mm-hmm. and that's okay. Um, personal attacks, yeah, it, it, it they, some of that will come your way, but this is worth fighting for. I wanted to just mention that what if my if I had a message that I would say to people listening to parents and stakeholders in their district um, that we we have to be a contender mm-hmm. in this. Um, we, we're doing something big. We're trying to recall four school board members. Yeah. Um, they have been unresponsive. And um, in fact, we don't even know what the COVID policy is going to be, mm-hmm. unlike most other school districts. Yeah. We still don't even know. Mm-hmm. Um, parents have no idea what the year is going to look like. Uh, we rarely have our open records requests filled. And when we do, they are not filled uh, to the extent we would like them mm-hmm. to be. Um, and we have a, a superintendent and board that, that are 
claiming that a lot of the tenants of CRT are not in place when they mm -hmm. are, and I think I've made the case for that, but um, maybe we'll fail, mm -hmm. but at least we can fail while daring greatly. And if we are not successful, this generation of children is going to be largely broken, mm -hmm. less resilient, mm -hmm. and they will not be prepared for the cold reality that lies on the other end of this fundamental transformation. When liberalism and the neutral principles of constitutional law have been subverted to build this neo-Marxist utopia. Mm -hmm. um, and if that were to happen, we would have to answer for our silence. And I know that I can say, and I know Alyssa can say, that we have done everything in our power to, um, like Solzhenitsyn said, to resist the lies. Yeah. And that's what we have to fight for our children. Mm -hmm. If you don't have children, um, fight for other others' children or fight for your future children. Mm -hmm. If your children are grown, fight for your grandchildren. Mm -hmm. Fight for the future generations. Mm -hmm. this, um, this is a cause worth standing up for. Um, you cannot be silent mm -hmm. on this. It's, 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 I, I just implore to please get involved. Mm -hmm. Please go to school board meetings. Please um, go, go on Facebook and look for a group. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we, there's, there's organizations like No Left Turn. Mm -hmm. There's organizations like FAIR. Mm -hmm. um, and we are working with both, both of those mm -hmm. nonprofits and, and try and get all the information that you can. Um, and, um, just just inform yourself mm -hmm. and just get into the fight you right. know get into the arena mm -hmm. you know it's it's just worth this is a cause worth taking on so. yeah absolutely and, and there's strength in numbers mm -hmm. and you know when I went to the first school board meeting on April 26th I went alone not knowing anyone there mm -hmm. but luckily other parents who had formed a group already they were like, hey, we like what you had to say. Mm -hmm. Like, why don't you come and partner with us? Mm -hmm. And then we now, you know, we're together at every school board meeting. We do every two weeks, we meet at a park and we talk through like, what are we going to try to get accomplished mm -hmm. in these next two weeks? You know, and some people are willing to be more visible than mm -hmm. others. I'm one of those people that I have thick skin. I'm mm -hmm. willing to be out there and, and do what I can. Other parents are want to do things more behind the scenes and, and you need both and mm -hmm. finding a way that there's enough space in this fight yeah. for everyone to have a role and just communicating about who's going to do what so that you can kind of be strategic when you're doing an open records request. Um, since my kids are still too young to be in the district yet, mm -hmm. I'm a bit more on the outskirts, but we have some parents who have been able to have some teachers mm -hmm. who have been willing to anonymously share information with mm -hmm. us, and that's huge. So there's going to be a role for everyone, yeah. and the and after every single school board meeting, mm -hmm. someone will reach out to me mm -hmm. on social media and say, thank you for what you said mm -hmm. tonight. So even though there's not like a big attendance at the school board meeting, they're live streamed, mm -hmm. people are watching them from home, and people are paying attention. Yeah. And, and I would just say that, um, uh, that what we are we are for transparency we are for civil discourse we are for equality um, viewpoint diversity mm -hmm. in schools 
Um, and we are, you know, a lot of times fear will say we are pro-human, mm-hmm. that we that we want love and tolerance for all, regardless of what you look like. Mm-hmm. That is, and when kids go to school, those are the values that should be present and a focus on education. Mm-hmm. And let's get back to that. And I think we'll have far less division and kids will be happy and healthier and emotionally stronger, more resilient, better mm-hmm. educated, and communities can stop um, stop with this division and, and communities can come together again. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you both for the work that you're doing on this. Is I know this is a big issue and a lot of people have said to me, this is really the issue of our time right now is something that we have to tackle. So I appreciate the work that you guys are doing and look forward to see what you discover in the next couple of weeks. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the MacGyver Newsmakers podcast. Today we're joined by Scarlett and Alyssa, who talked about their experiences fighting CRT in their schools. I'm Abby Debelak for the MacGyver Institute. <laughs>